Welcome, welcome, welcome back to Studio Secrets A to Z. I'm Ajax Rayovac, a.k.a. Anthony J. Resta, your host, and I am here for part two with Krista Youngs, and we are going to have a, something different today. Welcome, Krista. Thanks for having me again. Oh, it's great. We had so much fun last time, I had to continue. Part two, three, four, and five. Yeah. No, it's a subculture here, and the subculture is songwriting and what goes into it. So today I thought it would be fun to kind of just do more of a, like a workshop approach and share ideas and techniques and ways to get out of writer's block and just different different um, tools in the toolbox we can talk about. Tips and tricks. Tips and tricks. That's great. Studio secrets. Songwriting secrets. So anyway, tell us about your course. that We touched on it a little bit last time, but like maybe we could go into some details about your uh, K-pop course. It's uh, on studio.com, okay. which was called Monthly before they had the Ryan Tedder songwriting class. And I did a three-video course on K-pop songwriting. So day one is, I believe it was the girl group. Day two was the ballad for K-pop. And then day three is the boy band. And I had a friend of mine, Zach, come in and he did the the last session with me. Um, but basically, it's like you're a fly on the wall watching me from start to finish the entire process, me messing up, me recording vocals, me vocal producing, writing the song. I didn't come to any of those, you know, video shootings prepared because they didn't want you to. So I just, it was on the fly. So it was really interesting. And to be honest, I haven't watched it. I know that feeling. I don't listen to the podcast very much. I mean, sometimes I have to just to approve it or something, but I, I, I totally understand that. You feel like it's a weird feeling. I don't want to watch that. I mean, I, I did it. Yeah. You know, I was there. I feel like I did a really good job. I can't wait to check it out. I will. Yeah. I'm, I'm sure it's loaded with like, you know, tidbits. And, uh, and loaded you... with me. I'm there the whole time. <laughs> how, so it's how long is each episode? It's a, the the amount of time of a session. So I think the first one was like four or five hours. Oh, wow. And then the second one, probably about three because it was a ballad. So there wasn't as much, yeah. you know, vocal production involved. And then the last one was the longest because I was doing it with a co-writer. So those sessions tend to be longer sometimes when you're cutting someone else's vocal and you're throwing ideas back and forth. So Sure. That's so cool. I mean, so you end up with a lot of layers, I can imagine. Yeah. And, and the way that they overlap and the way that they stay out of each other's way, the way that they complement each other as far as the meaning. I mean, this is all deep. Yeah, stuff. it was really fun. It was really fun. And I hope that people who watch it get something out of it. I think they will. Awesome. Well, maybe we could share some of those thoughts. I wanted to talk about ways to break out of, this is something I've run into, like I'll be writing a song and I'll have an idea for a lyric. Oftentimes it's the title of the song. And one, the example I'll use is my song, This Beautiful Chaos. And I had all these lyrics and metaphors, and I, this is what I do. I overthink everything. So I came into the studio to do my vocal, and I had about, I'm, I, I'm embarrassed to say, but something like 14 pages of lyrics. Oh, that's great. Content. <laughs> yeah. And, and then I started singing it, and like I had a nice melody, but everything I was singing just was bugging me. It was like making me, I don't know, it's just I wasn't feeling it. So I decided to turn the mic the other way. And then I did 50 takes of whatever came to my mind. I know this is, I know David Bowie's done this kind of thing. Total abstract, um, what do you call that? Stream of consciousness? Mm -hmm. And I listened to those takes line by line, and I would grab words that I liked from the various takes, and I ended up with stuff like George Jetson was lonely in his cartoon galaxy. And, oh, I love that. You know, so that's how it came together. Very time consuming. And then I ended up, you know, piecing it together and then learning it. So that's one of the techniques I use when I'm, Stuck? Stuck. And I get stuck so much. I mean, like I have so many great instrumentals and I just, with lyrics, I just have this kind of like, I, I won't say writer's block. I think I overanalyze everything. No. And, yeah. 
<laughs> you? Yeah. Never. So I'd like to talk about where songs come from and some different techniques that you might be able to share with people that help you dig in new places or different places or, you know. I mean, I was working on a song today for a guy that, a producer, and I was redoing a verse. Um, he wanted it to be melodically different. And so obviously all the lyrics I had for the first melody, I had to rearrange and, do, you know, redo. And when I was in Chicago, I just got back from Chicago a couple of days ago, I was walking down the street, listening to the song, listening to the track. And I just pulled up my phone and did like a quick voice memo of what I heard, my first thought. And I ended up using that lyric line for the first line because I was like, oh, this is great, you know. And then so I had the first line, I had the second line of the verse, I couldn't figure out what to put in the middle. And then I had the last line. So I had the sandwich without the meat. <laughs> So I just like got up and I was like, okay, I'm done for today. That was yesterday. And then today I sat down, listened to it again, and it came within like, you know, five minutes. And I was like, oh, I'll just put this here or, I'll, you know, this this lyric will fit, these, this melody will fit. So I like to step away now. I don't put so much pressure on myself to keep going if I'm not thinking of anything. Like I get up a lot when I'm working. I get up, I go do something else, I come back because... I spent years in sessions where I was sitting there just like racking my brain. It hurts after a while. Oh yeah. I've been there. Like yeah. when you have three people and like you have three hours and you're going to come out of a song out there with, with a song, no matter what, whether it's great or not so great. You know? I hate that. Yeah. It's pressure. That's, they do yeah. that a lot in Nashville. I mean, that's kind of like a daily thing. These, you know, these people, they hone their craft for years doing that, like sometimes multiple sessions in a day. It's just. Well, I find it's interesting from 10 years ago till now, like I would spend God, like a couple weeks sometimes on trying to finish a song, you know, and now it's not that way at all. And I think it's just because I do it every day. You trust your instincts more because you've got a lot more experience. Well, that and also I realize that it's just a song, Yeah. you know, like, and I'm going to write a million more. So if I like what I'm doing, then I'm not going to overthink it because I like it. And then the next song will be something different. And like, maybe it's not the most creative idea I've ever had, but it works and I like it enough. How do you go, um, use a meter, like things to avoid? People always say in songwriting to avoid cliches, although sometimes cliches can be like a big hook. Um, I don't avoid anything. Yeah. I don't have rules. No rules. I just go by my gut. Yeah. Like the other day I was, <laughs> I was peeing in the bathroom, <laughs> clearly, because I wasn't peeing in my kitchen. And I was sitting on the toilet and I was looking in the bathtub and there was a spider. And I said out loud, spider in my bathtub. Or Spider in the Bathtub. And I was like, what a great title. I really like that. I, like I don't know that. how it's... I'm going to do it. I think it's going to probably be for my side project, but I'm like, Spider in the Bathtub. Why not? Spider in the Bathtub. <laughs> I just love stupid ideas. I love them. I think they're great. And they can evolve. You yeah. Know? You know? Like, I have this song coming out with my side project, Join the Cult. It's called Red Ass Fly. And the whole concept of the song came from a conversation I had with my friend Bert. And he was sitting outside at his house and he was on the phone with me and he was like, ah! and I'm like, what happened? And he's like, oh, that's a red ass fly with a bee in its mouth. And I was like, that's a great line. So the entire song is, I'm just a red ass fly with a bee in its mouth. <laughs> well, fly is kind of like, you know, cool. And you know, I mean, I don't know. I think the song's about sex now. Nobody really knows. Like, I'm just a red ass fly with a bee in its mouth. Like, I think it's, I don't know, but I loved it. And then I... Then I called Zach and I called our, our other friend Jay and they came over. We have a whole, we did a whole session and it turned out great. And I'm like, I don't know. My boyfriend's like, what does it mean? I'm like, I don't know. Does it matter? 
See, I, that's where I come from. I grew up like you know with a lot of prog rock and like you know stuff like Yes, where they just it's like they're they're reading from some kind of scroll they found like in outer space. You know, it's like it's like it, Scrabble or something. Yeah, and I like that. But when you start getting into the nitty gritty of like you know the upper echelons of all these hit songs like Nashville or pop or whatever, it's so refined. And there is a science to it, and you know it's hard to find the balance between a, you know being like cr- too cryptic and being too as they say, on the nose. So, like, that, how do you how do you but find? Is there because like you listen yeah. to hip hop records, and I'm looking at all the rap, and I'm like, wait, what? What does that even mean? Yeah, yeah. See, that's different, right? Because it's a different like it's well, a different the, genre. Yeah, there. But the words kind of flow in a certain way that I mean, I I'm not really up on a lot of the most current stuff. I mean, I love Kendrick, and I like a lot. You know, there's a lot that I like, and I listen to it, but a lot of it goes over my head because there's so many words, and it's going by so fast, and you know. It, <laughs> Slow down. Yeah. You know? So yeah, that's kinda of a little bit different. I think I'm I'm thinking of like traditional like great songs. Like I I, I love Cheryl Crow, like Beautiful Mistake. I right. mean or like like take a title like uh Total Eclipse of the Heart. If I just saw that on a piece of paper, I'd go, Oh my god, Total Eclipse of the Heart. I mean that's like a hit waiting to happen. You Have know? you read the lyrics for that? No. Well, let's do that. Okay. No, I'm just I would love to see what that is. That's a great idea. This. Because uh, also, <laughs> I I think that sometimes, I don't know if you have this um, this thing, but I'll listen to songs and I'll be like, oh, that was such a great lyric, you know? And then I I read the lyrics. I'm like, oh, that's not at all what they said. Like what I thought they said. Oh, yeah, like yeah. that's not at all what they said. That's interesting. Yeah. That, that happens to me too. Every now and then I get a little bit lonely and you're never coming round. Every now and then I get a little bit tired of listening to the sound of my tears. Every now and then I get a little bit nervous that the best of all the years have gone by. Every now and then I get a little bit terrified and then I see the look in your eyes. That to me is just so conversational, right? Yeah, and every now and then is the hook. Because it's like, and if you think of the song, that just the way it sings is so, so great, you know? I mean, that's, that's like the, that's the magic in that, that verse. There's no, there's nothing really here that's like, oh my God, like if I was just reading this and I didn't know the song, I'd be like, wow, like, and I need you now tonight and I need you more than ever. And if you only hold me tight, we'll be holding on forever. Yeah, that, we'll, that's cliche, but it's really good cliche, you know? I mean, together we can take it to the end of the line. Your love is like a shadow on me all of the time. That's kind of cool. Yeah. Wow. I don't know what to do and I'm always in the dark. We're living in a powder keg and giving off sparks. I didn't even know that's what that meant. Oh, I like that one. Yeah, I didn't know that. So there's there's some imagery in there. I mean, a powder keg is like an explosive, you know, situation. Yeah, I like that. So I, you know, when I write, I kind of try to blend the two. Yeah. But there's a there's a way to write for whatever you're doing, right? So it's like if you're doing more of a hip hop song, then I'll lean towards this. Or if I'm just like, I don't know, I have a new song called um, New Friends. Yeah. That's coming out, and the bridge is uh, vending machines. Put in the cash, trading the new for the old. Bad for my health. Thought we were cool. You left me out here to choke. Um, I don't know why I put vending machines in there. I just had a visual of like putting in money and getting out like stuff that was going to make you choke. Like it doesn't really. I mean, if I'm listening to the entire song in its entirety. Like, does that really belong there? I don't know. Do I care? No, because it just felt so great to sing it. What I liked about it was the the rhyme scheme. Like choke was threw threw me off. It's like you don't expect that. That's an interesting topic to talk about is rhyme schemes too. Because if things are too did 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 that can get really like old. But a lot of songs do that. So 
when do you like know when to get away from a rhyme scheme? Like, do you ever ever think of a once you start developing your verse, do you come up with like a a b a or a a b? You know what I mean? Like, I think now just again, this is kind of a cop out, but I've been doing it for so long that I'm just like I don't think about that anymore. But when I was trying to figure out what the bridge would be, I just started singing. It was like. I was listening to the music and I said on the first take, vending machine, straight in the cat, straight in the new for the old. And then I was like, okay, and then what do I do? Oh, it's bad for my health. Like it's a, it's a negative relationship. Bad for my health. Thought we were cool. You let me out here to choke and I can do better. I thought we were better. And then I just repeated it because we're like vending machine, straight in the cash or put in the cash, straight in the new for the old. Bad for my health, thought we were cool. You left me out here to choke, and I can do better. But you ain't no better. And then it goes back into, think I need some new friends. Glad I lost the old ones. They played on my heartstrings till that shit was broken. I think that I need new friends. That's great. I can hear the groove in my head. It's killer. Yeah. It's awesome. It's yeah. Great. It's, it's really good. And I was like, does this make sense? No, but I love it. It's staying. And it's not trite. It's yeah. like, even though you can relate to it, I think that's that's the, the tough balance. A lot of times for me, it's like, I go from trite to like outer space and there's nothing in between. Like, I, it, it, that's my problem and what I'm always trying to improve on is because, is, you know, too much imagery, it gets out there. Um, but know. if you put it in because you're like, if you put in a bunch of um, idioms, right, just yep. for the sake of putting in idioms, yeah, then... then what are you doing? Because I think at the end of the day, it all goes down. It all comes down to being authentic, right? So it's like, if I really love something, I trust my gut, and then I just trust my gut with everything because I know when something's shitty too. And I'm like, oh, Christy, you're just that comes just, from experience. And it also, yeah. I think, when when you write with three people, I think that extra opinion for me helps a lot. Um, you're like, oh yeah, that actually is cool. Yeah, and you know? sometimes you're shocked. You're like, really? It's like, yeah. Right? I mean, I'm shocked a lot. I'm like, you really like that? And they're like, oh, yeah. I'm like, oh, great. Yeah. Yeah. So it's a, it's a collaborative thing. What about um, one thing I, uh, I'd like to touch on is song forms. You know, there's, you know, there's only so many forms for, for songs, but I think there's always a way to deviate. Do you ever have any, do you ever think I'm going to just deviate from like purposely start a song saying, I, I'm not going to make this, you know, A, B, A, B. You know, like just like the traditional, you know, verse, pre-chorus, chorus. You know, th- what? How many different song forms have you messed with that are kind of breaking the mold? I'm just curious about that. I would say, a lot of the times, I'm getting tracks from producers, so I'm following their form. I see. But then also, I've had situations where I'm looking at the, I'm listening to this track, and I'm like, I don't know where anything is, and then I'll have to chop up the track myself and figure out the form myself. Because of, because of the chords or lack of chords? Do you run, do Just because it drags on forever, and I'm like, I, I could sit there and write to all of this, and people are going to be snoozing. Yeah, it'll be like campfire. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Or maybe this doesn't need an actual lyric. Maybe it just needs some ooze. Maybe it just needs some, like, ah sound effects like i don't need to overdo it with the content yeah depending on the tempo too i I think a lot of times the tendency for me and other people that i've written with is is too many words sometimes like you think oh yeah you need to fill all these spaces that you you, don't you don't sometimes the silence well no most of the time the silence is just as important as the words i agree with you yeah people don't let things breathe yeah it's like if you go to coffee with someone and you, you know they're talking your ear off for an hour and a half and you there's no pause by the end of it. You're exhausted. Like, I never want to hang out with this person again. 
Some Give lyrics, me a break. Yeah, lyrics can be like rapid fire. There's a lot of that now in in pop. A lot of like those da 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 da. You know, it's like it's just like this rapid fire uh, thing, which can sometimes be a little trying to listen to. I mean, yeah. I had that situation at a camp I was just at when I was writing a song, and the one of my co-writers she laid down the verse. I thought it was really dope, but there was one. I, I really just wanted to hear space. And so I took it out and she's like, no, no, I want it back in. And I was like, okay, but I really think the space is nice. And then the ANR came in and he agreed that the space was nice and was like, oh, I really like space. And I'm like, yeah, I really like space too. You know, it's kind of like being stuck in a tiny little elevator. It's like, get me out of here. Sometimes you need that. Yeah. 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 So... Sometimes it's Hello Pantheon Podcast listeners, Christian Swain here to tell you more about my experience with Raycon earbuds. Our family now has three pairs of Raycon earbuds around the house, and my wife just grabbed a pair of the headphone pros to replace some headphones from a company that was double the price. And yes, she loves them. Now, if you haven't pulled the trigger on a pair of Raycons, or even if you have, but you're in the market for another pair because they're just that good, well, now is the time to check them out because they just launched their upgraded model of the best-selling everyday earbuds. With Raycon's upgraded everyday earbuds, now you also get active noise cancellation, ergonomic design, and multi-point connectivity that lets you pair with two devices at once. New quick charge function, three customizable sound styles, plus awareness mode. Available in a variety of vibrant new colors to complement any and all skin tones. I even have a pair of earbuds in a cool green color. I have tried just about every earbud known to humankind, and these Raycons are fantastic. Seriously, if you've been wanting to check out Raycons, there truly is no better time. You're going to ask yourself why you didn't check them out sooner, and Raycon offers a 30-day happiness guarantee. So what are you waiting for? Go to buyraycon.com slash pantheon today to get 20% off your Raycon order, plus free shipping. That's right, you'll get 20% off and free shipping at buyraycon.com slash pantheon. Buyraycon.com slash pantheon. good to like if the song is say you know 120 instead of having the words flowing at 120 like for a b verse or a second half of a chorus or something stretch it turn it into like it's feeling like 60 beats yeah, exactly per minute, you know yeah i think those types of changes are really useful um and sometimes it'll help you find a new you know like say a b hook that's really strong but it just changes the rhythm this is the thing rhythm is so important well it is and one of the things i learned from taking the ryan tedder class is like you have a verse, a pre, and a hook, right? Where are you starting on those sections? Because if you're always starting on the downbeat, then it's going to be boring. Yep. The downbeat or the and, you know? Yep. So I really listen to that now, and I'm like, okay, if I'm starting on the downbeat on the verse, maybe I should start on the and on the pre. Like, there should be, like, movement, rhythmic movement. And changes that keep people yeah. engaged. Mm -hmm. So, like, if one is more rapid fire, then the next section could be more, like, drawn out, elongated words. Yep. Um, I find a lot of times people sometimes let words go on too long. And that's one of the things I'm always telling people is like, if you go too long on a word, a lot of times you're actually going to lose a little of the meaning because people are like waiting for the next word. Like if you hold the word out too long. Yeah. Yeah. And I see that a lot. That's one of the things that I think that people, you know, need to pay attention to because it's really easy to, you know, but you hold the word so long that by the time you get to the end of it, it's like something else should have happened. <laughs> I find two things. One also with vocal production, sometimes less is more. 
that same camp that I went to, I found myself adding a bunch of backgrounds. And then when the A&R came in, he was like, let's just put a single vocal here. And I was like, you're right. It makes it so much better. And I think that comes from my K-pop history, just putting a lot of stuff in. So that was that was cool. And also, I mean, you know, as far as elongating words I've found in the last 10 years, there have been cases where I've worked with really good singers. And sometimes that can, you know, do a disservice to the song because you've got somebody just doing vocal aerobics all over a track. And it's like, I get it. And we all know you can sing. But right now, that doesn't need to be there. I want that word to end. <laughs> yeah, like I don't need a huge run there, you know? Like right. I just need something simple. So I think as a singer, if you're a really great singer, it's like knowing when to use your abilities. And for me, like I've always struggled with my voice. Like I've always been really insecure about my voice. So I've had to, and, and there are certain things I just can't do. Like I'm just not a, a Beyonce riffer. I'm just not. I could practice to do that, but I don't know. It's not that important to me. Yeah. But I've had to, I've had to find workarounds. And I think that kind of did me, I think it was good in ways because it made the songs that I was singing more authentic because I didn't have that huge vocabulary to use. That's, that's really interesting. Yeah. Yeah. And I think the word authentic is super important because you almost have to be like a method actor in some ways, because if you're going to write, let's say a story song based on a series of events that didn't happen to you, you know, as a vocal producer, you're going to try to coach somebody into making that emotion real but the emotion can be only as real as the words feel real you know what Uh I mean so like the lyric has to be right before somebody can get into that character yeah and I think that's another like another whole can of worms what do you think like the percentage of songs like okay let's talk about like country you know hit country songs I mean the there's more of a storyline oftentimes than Mm -hmm. in, in pop music for example you know but those I think people that can do all these different things really know how to pull that together and that that's i think that's kind of a hard thing to define is what's real what feels real you know and what feels contrived you know it's really a fine line you know i have a difficult i have difficulty sometimes cutting vocals for songs i don't i didn't write you know like if someone's like oh i want to release this song and it's already written i don't usually do that because I'm, unless I love the song, I think it's amazing. Like if yeah. I'm not connecting with it, I'm not going to do it because I'm just not going to do it justice. It's not worth it for me. Some words are just hard to sing too. Like yeah. you, you know, the way you write for yourself, you're going to choose words that sound good when you sing them. Yeah. And sometimes that, that might be even more important than the actual lyric in certain cases. Well, yeah. You know? Yeah. It has to feel good to sing it. You know, so I've seen people like arguing about a lyric and it's like the singer will be like, well, yeah, it's a great lyric, but it just feels funny. It doesn't sing. Right. Yeah. I have, I can't get it to flow right. You know? Try to it's, sing the word hysterectomy. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Some words just have weird vowels in weird yeah. places. And do you, as far as vowels go, like everybody wants to always end on a O or a, you know, so it's like sometimes it's hard to find the right sound, you know, to, that you're going to, that's a pleasing sound. A placement. Place, is that yeah. what they call that? Yeah. Like where you place it in your voice? Yes. Yeah. So like you have the chest voice, you have the head voice. You have like the... where is it coming from? Sure. It's always a mystery. still a mystery to me. Yeah. Like where, where, how? You do all of them. So you bounce around. I've watched you. I mean, we did a session recently where you just, you just kind of, you, you, you don't even think about it. You just dive in. And... I don't know what I'm doing, no. Anthony. I don't oh. really know. I just show up. <laughs> that sounds like me. <laughs> <laughs> I have no clue. It's been years. I just show up and hope for the best. Yeah. And then 90 billion streams later. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. One of the things coming from when you write a song for yourself, do you, do you sit at a piano or an acoustic guitar or how do you, 
or do they just come as melodies and words or like what's your process normally like when i first started it was piano okay i would sit at the piano and that's write. right i remember from yeah last time. um and then now it's you know i'll be in a session with someone we'll start from scratch i'll come up with a melody they'll play the chords while i'm singing I see. um or i'll hear a whole melody in my head and then you know sit down at the piano and try to figure out what chords go with that melody or i'll be writing a song to a track so it just really super depends on the situation. Sure. Chords is, is another topic we can get into because there's like, you've seen there's those... There's two chords. Yeah, you've seen those videos, right? Where they, you know, 60 country songs in like two minutes. Oh, more, yeah. More. So there's certain chord progressions that are just in all the hit songs. You know, like I should... One, know. four, five, one. Yeah. One, four, five, one. And then there's one with a six minor too. Yeah. You know. So how important do you think it is once in a while to throw like a curveball chord? You know, have you listened to the last Post Malone album that came out? No. Austin? No. I feel like he's he did a really good job at that. And it was kind of like giving me throwback 90 vibes. Yeah. Um, And it was kind of, it was inspiring because I liked it and I wasn't expecting yeah. those chord changes. Um, I think if the song calls for it, great. Yeah. But also I'm not really the type of writer that wants to just do it for the sake of doing it. Sure. There's some genres yeah. that it works like there's some R&B songs have these incredible like crazy complicated chords like with you know, all these tensions and got even gospel stuff you know it's it's just it's a whole world out there uh, you know i um being such a frank zappa fan um one of my favorite quotes of his is sometimes you just can't find a chord ugly enough so you use a giraffe stuffed with whipped cream you know just <laughs> i love that <laughs> yeah so like i tend to throw a curveball chord in sometimes like you know maybe like going into the last chorus like a, some kind of calamity um, you know, I guess that's probably more for indie rock and, and maybe you know, you know, unless they you can ride the wave into pop. Yeah, sometimes you know, it, sometimes a calamity creates this wonderful extra car crash that just makes the the last chorus so exciting. You know, sometimes I'll I'll, I'll experiment and try to find that chord. You know, like carry out and be like, oh, that's the five of five dominant whatever, and like I have no idea. You're what like, it okay, is. <laughs> sure. He's he's super. Um, you know. Technical, yeah, but musical, ed educated, yeah, you know, and and I'm he's I'm, smart, yeah, he is. SMRT. Yeah. We love you, Cariati. He's here recording this today. No, I think it's just like what, stop taking yourself so seriously. Yeah, like that's why we write songs. We're playing, playing. That's the whole point of it, right? Yeah, like having fun, playing, figuring things out, discovering new things, like happy accidents. You know, it's like I should do a whole camp called the Bob Ross sessions. Happy accidents. Happy accidents are wonderful, and I think there's. I saw an interview recently with Brian Eno talking about, you know, with modern technology and digital audio workstations and everybody having all these tools to be like, oh, wow, the drums are a little shaky there. Let's fix that. Oh, wow, that bass is a little late. And it, it sure, at that moment when you listen to that bar, yeah, that's a good decision. But over the course of like, you know, 40 hours, if it gets too whitewashed, it's losing, like you said, some of the happy accidents that give it that humanity Makes it feel a lot yeah exactly you know humanity is just so important and i feel like that's one of the i'm up on a soapbox now um it looks like a chair <laughs> so that's a fancy soapbox <laughs> no i'm just that's been my mission like is to somehow interject some of that humanity whether it's you know good or bad like i just feel like a lot of times like i you know i think i rick beato showed a video of what 
John Bonham sounded like quantized and it was like, oh my God. That- yeah, I was just going to say that sometimes, you know, when, you, when you're cutting vocals or when I'm cutting vocals, it'll be pitchy, but I'm like, I really love the delivery. I can fix it. Yeah. Like, I love the delivery. I love the way that that breath sounded. I love those, you know, inflections in my voice. And I think sometimes, especially with good singers, they want to cut it 50 million thousand times. And I'm like, why? This was great. Like, that was true. Like, you can hear it when it's true. There's a vulnerability sometimes mm-hmm. that comes in those early takes where you're really getting into the character and you really, or it might be a song that was painful for you at some point in your life. And you, th- when that comes across, very hard to define. But the more experience you have, the easier it is to, to, to see that. And sometimes you, you have a battle ahead because a lot of singers and artists are going to, I can do it better, I can do it better, I can do it better until... I used to be like that. Yeah, everybody is. I used to bang my head against the wall and be in the the studio with Jan, like, no, do it again, do it again. And he'd be like, Krista, if you want to practice, practice. If you want to record, record. That's a good one. Yeah. And then a lot of times you go back and you, like, out of 30 takes, you realize the first four or the the third one might have been the one, you know, and almost all of it there. That's the the other thing, too, is there's so much, um, everything is comped to ad nauseum sometimes you know we used to i used to be guilty of that myself do way too many takes and then spend way too much time piecing it together and you start to feel it's an ego thing it's like i can make this great but you're better off just getting a really good performance and and, and cutting in only a few little things you know that's and that takes a lot more patience and being able to recognize that is is, is a long time skill you know you know recently i had so the song i have a song with dim matt coming out with a, a producer dj named saint punk and it comes out on September 1st, and the song that I sent him to produce was a song that I had written and recorded, I would say, maybe like four years ago, oh, wow. three years ago. And they needed a clean version um, to pitch to iHeartRadio. And it was interesting going back three years later, re-recording the parts I needed to re-record, and trying to make sure that my tone was the same, the feeling was the same, the vulnerability was the same. Um, it took me uh, like 10 takes to do it. Yeah. And I was like, oh, it's so interesting. Because I'm, I'm definitely not the kind of singer that, I don't think I'm a consistent singer, you know, like as far as like sometimes my tone's different. Sometimes, yeah. you know, whatever. Um, I don't know if some people are like that. Oh, but, absolutely. Yeah. But it's about capturing that feeling that you're talking about when you wrote the song early on. There was some kind of magic, and you're now you're four years later trying to recreate magic, and that's hard. Yeah, you know. Yeah, and and, and the thing we call demoitis too is another thing, where you've listened to something in your car or like on your phone for a very long time, and it's easy to get fooled into thinking just because it's super familiar, it's super great. And right. We all make that mistake sometimes. It's like just because you heard it a billion times and you love it doesn't necessarily mean it's the optimum. You know, that's another hard thing to deal with. You know, in songwriting. For me, like, tempo is another entire topic because sometimes even a half a BPM or one BPM can make the difference between... I've been doing that too. Have you? Yeah. I mean, at the camp that I was at last week, they had a track and I was like, what, what, what is it at? And he was like, 76. I'm like, can we make it 80? And it changed everything. Yeah. You know? Sure. No, it's amazing. Like, the, just like one or two BPM can change... Transform the entire thing can add swagger. Yep. It can add, if, 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 if it's too fast, you can try to make the spaces just a little bit bigger to create a little bit more emotion. Yep. So that's, that's a really, um, I think that's important though, right? Like as a songwriter to, to new songwriters, especially like you don't have to stick with anything and think it's fixed. 
right? You can change things. It's okay to ask the producer to change the tempo. Yeah, you even know? though it sucks and it's hard because yeah. you know time stretching. You know, there's an algorithm that is getting better and getting better, but sometimes it makes the squishier sound. So hopefully, if you have the MIDI, then you can change the tempo and and have the sounds perfect. But a lot of times, when you do it with audio, there's artifacts. I think yeah. that's the, the word. But yeah, you know, you have to be open minded to that. Um, you know, there's been entire songs that took like 10 days to record that I've done that like suddenly the artist is like oh we got to do it faster you know and it's like oh no that's like the worst that's absolutely the worst like I quit (laughs) I'm actually retiring today and then you hear it in the supermarket 10 years later and it's like oh man he was right yeah you know yeah and it had to be faster Mm -hmm. you know crazy rhyme schemes is one of the things I think we touched on a little bit but um, I find a lot of times if the rhyme scheme is just too much of the same thing, it gets boring quickly. Do you have any any tips or ideas like how to get out of the box with the rhyme scheme? Like, I think it helps to do um, imperfect rhymes. So um, instead of out and shout, it's like out and down. You know, um, Wiki Rhymer is really great for that. I use WikiRhymer.com. Wiki Rhymer. Mm-hmm. Oh, that's there's a great tip. W i k i Rhymer.com. Oh, nice. Um, but yeah, I t- and also, you know, it gets boring to have perfect rhymes all the time. Yeah, it gets Dr. Susie. And then you're stuck with, yeah, and then you're stuck with, with only a limited amount of words, which I don't know if it fits the meaning of what you're doing. So it's nice to have more options available. You look in the thesaurus, the people use the thesauruses, and there's certain songs that come on, and I immediately see the thesaurus. <laughs> <laughs> and one of them is cold as ice, willing to sacrifice. Oh, yeah. It's like you can just see somebody going through a thesaurus, finding words that end in ice, you know, suffice, paradise. Sacrifice, oh, yeah. sacrifice. I mean, it's, there's nothing wrong with it. It's a hit song. But you could say bite, too. Yeah. Bite, light. I love Amy Mann for her mastery in near rhymes. She's like one of my favorite Oh, yeah, songs. near rhymes. Near rhymes. Like, she has a song, I can't afford to climb aboard you. Mm. It's like, I love that. Like, it's just, it, it's not right on, but it's it's just, I mean, she's amazing for that. I like, to, like the Magnolia soundtrack she, they did with her and John Bryan did is filled with songs like that just so good that's the thing that I try to encourage is it's a curveball you know because sometimes a curveball will like get your attention you know hey folks Stefan Shirazi and Renee Richardson here from the Metallica Report and we are proud members of the Pantheon podcast family where the best of music and podcasts unite we've got something pretty cool for you we're giving away an exclusive Metallica merch package worth over $250. That's a whole lot of scary guys, skulls, M72, and other sought-after Metallica swag. And we've made it easy for you to win. Follow and share the Metallica report, and you're in the game. Go to pantheonpodcast.com slash Metallica, enter your email, and hit that button to be entered to win. And just like that, you're eligible for our monthly exclusive Metallica merch package. And guess what, rockers? You can enter every month. So just do it. And while we love our global brothers and sisters, the lawyers won't let us ship outside the U.S. Afford, board, to, and you. Yeah. Yeah. I guess it's... Yeah. It is perfect. Yeah. I can't afford to climb aboard you. Yeah, I guess it, I guess it is but perfect. But it's double rhymes. Yeah, right. Afford, to, yeah, and you don't aboard, really, you. Yeah, right. Yeah, for me it sound it sounded odd, but it's actually not odd at all. Now that I think of it, that's so cool. Now I'm thinking. Yeah, I didn't make that imperfect. Afford to climb aboard. I'm gonna listen to it after we're done. I have to hear it food. again. 
how about metaphors? That's another thing to get into. A lot of people, uh, a great technique is using, you know, metaphors, but that can be uh, a slippery slope too, if, if they're just thrown in there for the sake of... Sometimes I get lost on what things are, yeah. and I speak English. I think I a metaphor, a figure of speech in which a word or phrase is applied to an object or action, it is not literally applicable. This is this is called being creative. We, we, we add, uh, metaphor examples. Here we go. Life is a highway. Her eyes were diamonds. He is a shining star. The snow is a white blanket. She is an early bird. Okay. T- time is a thief. Got it. Yeah. Yeah. My heart is a battlefield. Love is a weapon. Icing. This is icing on the cake. <laughs> Hope is on the horizon. These are... Uh... So those are metaphors. And then idioms are a group of words established by uses as having a meaning not deductible from those of the individual words. So raining cats and dogs, seeing the light. Some of those can be cliche, but they work like spilt, yeah. spilt milk or, you know, like... I have a whole song called Spilled Milk. Yeah. Yeah. So sometimes the whole song could be based on a cliche. Yeah. Really? Yeah. Interesting. Yeah, Yeah, I thought I knew more about metaphors than I did. Well, now we learn something new (laughs) together because I was like, uh, define a metaphor for me because I... Yeah, and I'm like... Again, I think it's totally fine to be uh, dumb because that's how you learn, right? Like, Sure. Now I know. I look things up all the time. I mean, I probably knew a metaphor and a simile, Yeah. but then I'm like, wait, I'm, you know, what is that? Like, I know all my helping verbs from the sixth grade. Am, is, are, was, were, be, being, been, has, have, had, do, does, did, oh. shall, will, should, would, may, might, must, can, could. See? Wow. So that's sixth grade. Marilyn, uh, not Marilyn Monroe. She wasn't my teacher. <laughs> that would be really amazing if she was your teacher, but you'd probably not have done anything in that class. <laughs> Her name was Mrs. Monroe. But, oh, that's cool. Yeah. Anyway, isn't that weird? Like, I've never really thought about helping verbs in a songwriting context before, but. Um, I get um, I get stumped on adverbs. Like yes. what are what are adverbs? I don't know. I have to look it up. I always and I I've been looking this up for years. A word or phrase that modifies or qualifies an adjective verb or another adverb or a word group expressing a relation of place, time, circumstance, manner, cause, degree. Three students are encouraged to pair back adjectives and adverbs in order to let the action present. I don't know what this. Means. I still don't know what it means. What does it mean? What's an adverb? Adverb example. God, this is like I feel like I'm going to school. Me too. Adverbs. Give 10 examples. He swims well. Oh, he ran quickly. She spoke softly. So it's like softly. It's descriptive. Quickly. Quickly. Yeah. So, so it's like describing. The verb. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Ran quickly. Quickly sure. ran. Yeah. Now we've turned this into an English lesson. This week. <laughs> well, it's important. No, it is important. Yeah. These are things that, that I, I don't think enough about. And that's why I was trying to bring them up to, yeah. to, to kind of... Like, where can I improve? Like, you know. Well, clearly now I, now I know what adverbs are and metaphors, so thank you. You're welcome. Yeah. <laughs> and I'm not scared to admit it. Here's an interesting one that, um, that I, I keep coming across is like, when it comes to like vocals and writing hooks and things, like, how much do you think people care about whether it can be performed live anymore? Do you think anybody, because, you know, if you have like so many parts that are overlapping or you know, you know, it can be easy to make it difficult to perform live. You know, I never really think about that so much yeah. until I'm singing one of the songs I wrote. And you're like, oh my god! And I'm crap. like, well, shit, Krista, that was that was <laughs> that was great. But also, I'll get briefs from you know, for BTS or whatever, and sometimes in the brief it'll say, um, "We want something 
that's not as wordy or is a little bit lower because the boys will be dancing during this part of the song. Oh, I see. So that's really the only time that I've like paid attention to it. And I'm like, oh, okay, if they're dancing their ass off, they're probably not going to want to be like wailing on a, you know, high note. I've, in production, this is something that I've battled with my entire career because I, I, I'm, I'm, I, you know, I like Sergeant Peppers. I like the the crazy orchestra, like climbing, and then you know, like to me, it's like nobody missed the backwards guitar at Woodstock when Jimi Hendrix didn't play it. You know, but there's no reason why to leave it out of the record. Right. And it's 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 always been a battle for me. But uh, something we had Steve Ferroni, one of the best studio drummers of all time on the podcast and i remember him talking about um arif mardan who's like this mega producer like you know chaka khan bgs you name it and he said every time that arif did a, a an arrangement like even if it was with average white band or whatever they could play it live with six people and it always sounded incredible mm. and then years would go by and he started working with all these other producers like you know very well known huge but he's like we with those producers it was like we need like 12 14 people on stage well, I think people run tracks. Yeah, they do now. So it's like, I don't think that part of it matters. I don't think production matters. Yeah, well, I think nowadays, I think, especially in pop, and I'm sure K-pop, they run they run tracks. Oh, yeah. yeah, so that's a lot different than, yeah, like, you know. totally. It's, I guess, apples and oranges. But it's just interesting to, to, from an arranging standpoint, like, does that ever become part of the decision? Like, are there, is there such a thing as too many hooks, too many things overlapping, you know? That's, that's the question, really. Well, yes. You know, that's why they need to, like, you know what drives me crazy is when there's multiple lyrics. Oh, you mean like overlapping? Yeah. Unless it's a group. Right. And then that's fine. Yeah, it's just... But if it's one person doing it, then you're like, oh, well, shit. It's tricky, though, because sometimes, like, they distract. One phrase will distract another. Like, Mm -hmm. you know, it it can be done, but it's really, really difficult, I find, um, to have, like, more than one message playing at the same time which is crazy because we're creative so i feel like we have a bunch of voices inside our head all the time (laughs) right no i know it can be done i'm not very good at that actually and i have trouble recognizing when it's okay because for me you know i guess maybe i'm add or whatever it's like attention deficit like i have the minute the minute there's two messages going on i'm like uh oh well yeah you know so a lot of it has to do with you know from production standpoint like okay let's make those like telephony and put them way out here yeah and then, you know, the, the beef can stay in the middle and stay out of the way. But I still find it easy Distra- to, yeah. it can be distracting. I had a podcast that I was that was recording yesterday and I had, my boyfriend was talking in the other room and I was trying so hard to pay attention to the guy that was interviewing me, but all I could hear was my boyfriend talking in the other room. So I get that, you know, it's like, yeah, ah, yeah. I'm not as good as, uh, at multitasking as I would like to be. But then again, I don't really think anybody is. I think it's more in theory. Yeah. I think um, I used to battle a lot with going into sessions and feeling like I wasn't enough. And then I would leave those sessions and go get a bottle of wine and a pack of cigarettes and be like, I'm done for the night. (laughs) Yeah. And I think that every aspiring writer or musician kind of struggles with that feeling of not being good enough at some point. And I think the more you do something and the more you accept and like who you are as a person, it gets a lot easier to be um, kind to yourself when you do, quote unquote, fuck up or actually embrace those times where you feel like you're not doing the best you can do. Um, That's been a huge journey. And I think like I would have never come here and talked to you five years ago and sang that song. 
like I did at the beginning. I just wouldn't have done it because I would be like, oh my God, it's going to, it's not going to be perfect. And like, it's going to, what if it's pitchy? And like, and now I'm just like, I don't care. And I think that release of I don't care and letting that go has really ultimately made me a better singer because it relaxes everything. You're like, ah, well, if I fuck up, I fuck up and nobody cares. It's like if you poop your pants in preschool, I did that. (laughs) Literally shit my pants in my chair. And do you think anybody remembers that? No. No, they don't care. (laughs) This is the best advice, though, uh, of all. Like The the, the last thing that you've been talking about is is what everybody needs to hear and everybody needs to think about. And it's a lifelong journey. I'm telling you, we all, as artists, we all have... Insecurities, yeah, self doubt. It's hard. It is, you know. But you can either let it get you, or you can overcome it. And I find that my life is a lot better now that I'm like, eh, whatever. I'm gonna go into that vocal booth, and if I if I mess up the harmony, I mess it. I do it again. Yeah. Nobody cares. Yeah. You know. That's wonderful. Whatever. I think that's a, a really good like jumping off point because I think I don't think we can top that. That's really at the end of the day, that's growth, and that's that's when you reach that place where you, you just do your best work, you know, when you're, when you're when un, you, unencumbered and, and just believing in yourself and, and just going for it, you know? Like you're okay with pooping your pants. I Yeah, exactly. <laughs> you know, I mean, and I get stuck, like I have a song I've been trying to write for a couple of years. It's called A Powdered Sugar Dream. And my friend John Durrell, who was on the podcast, he wrote with Cher and Frank Sinatra and Sarah Vaughn. And he's like a master English dude, like incredible lyricist. And, um, I just had, I, I was stumbling, 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 and I just told him the title of the song. He goes, Well, you have to end the chorus with uh, Powdered Sugar Dream. You were perfect in every scene. And it's like, mm. it's so obvious, but like I never would have thought about it. You know, of course he gets, you know. Did you finish the song? Um, no, but but I have to use that, and he's going to be a co writer on it. That's really cool. You know? What does that mean to you? What is a powdered sugar a dream? A powdered sugar dream, it's like, it's like these fluffy, it's like a wonderful place where you go with somebody special and you just, it, it could be like, a, it could be a walk in the park. It could be um, a big chocolate cake um, for dessert. It, it's just, it's this, it's that magical place you, you end up it's with. the some, sweet spot. The sweet spot. Yeah. In a powdered sugar dream. Um, yeah. And it's, it's full of imagery. Oh, this is an interesting extra topic. We'll call this a bonus topic, but I actually used AI for the very first time. Because uh, I was stuck on a couple of lines, and I've never, I've been reluctant to do that. And my kids get furious. They're like, "That's cheating! Don't do that!" And I'm like, "I think AI is not going anywhere, and yeah. like, there are ways to to utilize it." So I might even have it here. Um, so this is really interesting because I had never done it before, and I wanted some, I wanted like something psychedelic and 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 crazy and something really different. And I, I in my mind, I knew what I was looking for, but so I went to AI and I said. Um, you know, can you come up with something like similar to like what John Lennon came up with? And then I used um, uh, Lucy in the Sky with Diamonds and I Am the Walrus. And it started just spitting out like really bad, horrible things that rhymed. It sounded like kindergarten. And I would just give it crap. I'd be like, are you kidding me? I'd be like, that's not even close. I mean, can you, you know, and I literally gave it crap for like a good 20 minutes. And then it finally started getting it I'd be like use use more metaphors use colors use can you can you mix it up can you you know and it, you just kept pushing 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 and eventually it came up with a couple of lines I really liked I'm gonna see if I can find them quickly here so you had a co-writing session with AI yeah because it sounds like you were actually really present in that session so it wasn't like you just typing something in and oh no I was waiting I was for fighting, it to... I was fighting with it you know anyway it came up with a couple of really great lines 
finally after about half an hour and uh i was able to use a couple and then my kids were really mad they're like that's cheating you can't do that sometimes Uh cheating is winning (laughs) i mean aren't we all aren't we all stealing inspiration from somebody yeah and turning it into our own you know exactly like if i didn't if i didn't take that line oh it's a red ass flyer with a bee in its mouth i'd be like oh i'm stealing his line absolutely but he wasn't the one going this is a great song no i was like this is a great song exactly and now it's going to be out i think uh in in november oh, we, oh wow that in november yeah and what's it called again red ass fly okay yeah that's right we got i'm it. just a red ass fly with a bee in its mouth okay i got it i found it okay it says now this is a mixture of me and ai okay uh, underneath the powdered skies a dreamscape woven through your eyes the stars they twinkle in your wake a path of sugar crystals to take hmm your silhouette, a fleeting grace, a mirage. Um, memories float through the air, a world of wonder waiting there. The skies are painted tangerine, a kaleidoscope of color seen. That was the one from AI because I was looking for Lucy in the Sky with That's Diamonds. That's cool. Um, in this dream, you take the lead, a journey through um, a, a, symphony of, no, a symphony of pure poetry where the moment is a prize in a powdered sugar paradise. Oh, that's cool. Prize in paradise. No, yeah. that, I gave it a lot of crap to come up with a near rhyme. I didn't want a, a rhyme and it came up with that. So those are the two lines that it helped I me. I love that. Yeah. So that's another whole thing you can explore. AI, it's fun. You know. Sounds like when you were talking and giving shit to the AI, it's like me with clients. Do it again. No, <laughs> It's like me talking to Just myself. Like, no, it's me beating myself up. Do it again. Up. It's me beating myself up. You can do better than that. Dare to suck people. Dare to suck. Yeah. Well, Krista, this has been great. Awesome. Thanks for having me again. No, I guess we'll do it tomorrow again. Yeah, we'll do it. <laughs> no, we got to. We'll keep it going. Yeah. yeah, I'm excited to to do more stuff with you too. I'm, we've got to do um, Global Globe Famous with my kids. Oh we're, yeah, we're gonna figure that out. I like it. Awesome. I love you, and thank you for I coming. Love you too. This is Anthony J. Resta, Studio Secrets A to Z, signing off. It's NFL draft season, and that means it's time to start thinking about fantasy football. FantasyPoints.com features industry-leading experts and prognosticators using proprietary hand-charted data to help you score more fantasy points. FantasyPoints.com is the place to go for whatever kind of fantasy football you play. Whether you play fantasy football, daily fantasy sports, or do a little bit of everything, Fantasy Points has the meticulously researched content to guide you to victory. And why wait for the fall? Fantasy Points also covers the new spring football league, the UFL. Join the guru, John Hansen, Scott Barrett, Joe Dolan, and other massive names in the fantasy football universe with an exclusive offer. Use code Pantheon for 15% off any Fantasy Points package, including the all-in package, with access to every article, tool, and data nugget that Fantasy Points has to offer. That's FantasyPoints.com and code Pantheon for 15% off at Fantasy Points. FantasyPoints.com. Code Pantheon. Score more fantasy points.